0: everybody, welcome back to Looking for the Real God. This is Christy Lynn Wood. Today we're going to continue our series on tools for healing. And I'm going to talk to you about soul care and the way my own soul was healed. As I mentioned last week, my current church has been huge in my own healing journey, and most of it is just because of the way they value Christian psychology. They look at a person holistically instead of just religiously, and it's been really amazing. And so all of the things that I'm sharing in this series are things that I have discovered because of this church. And like I said before, obviously it's not perfect, but I really love the way that they really emphasize that. I mean, I've been at a lot of other churches that, in other places, I mean, whether it was a cultic church or just other Christians in general, regular and cultic, who really want to focus on people's behaviors and getting them fixed and getting them changed. And yet, at the same time, they never really care about the actual person and learning what's really going on in them. It's more just this focus on these correct behaviors and removing the bad behaviors or the bad habits and stuff like that. And so this church was just really different. I came there, like I said, just broken. I mean, I was at a very rough place. I was pretty destroyed. I needed help. I needed healing. And I was focused on more recent hurts at the time, but Jesus went ahead and healed me from stuff that was like way old. And it was awesome. Guys, Jesus is in the business of restoration. That's his goal. I've talked about that on this podcast so many times. Jesus is not about us getting our behaviors fixed. He is about restoring our soul. He wants to restore our hearts. He wants to make us into the person that he intended us to be. And he is going to do that. And he's going to start by restoring our relationship with him through salvation. And then he's going to move on to just fixing us up and taking care of us from the inside out. So we arrived at this church and right away I started recognizing that this was different. This was a different experience than I'd ever had before. They talked about things that weren't just spiritual, that they were psychological. This was like this whole healing thing. And they were very okay with broken people. Like they were totally fine to acknowledge that we are all broken. We've all had things that have happened to us. We all have sin issues in our lives. And that's just part of who we are as broken people. But that God wants us to flourish. He wants us to grow. He wants us to be healthy and whole. And that these are these tools that we can use to get there. And so after coming to this church, we wanted to learn more about the things that they really were passionate about. And so we took a leadership class. And that's where I first learned about stories and people's stories and core lies and core truth, like we talked about last time. And I really just started recognizing that they valued people at this church. They valued your whole self. They valued your story. And they felt like it was a gift for you to share that story with someone else. And I loved that. I just, I was like, wow, I just feel loved. I feel seen. I feel appreciated. This is amazing. And so we liked that leadership class so much that we went ahead and took the next class, which was on soul care. And it's used as material from Dr. Larry Crabb. And I'd never really read anything from these Christian psychologists before, but I was just blown away by Dr. Larry Crabb and his view of soul care and the whole point of the class was to learn to be a person who could offer soul care to someone else and that you are caring deeply about them at their soul level not just at the surface behavior level and he talked all the time about things that are going on below the waterline and he used pictures of an iceberg because we can only see so much of a person and we see that that part of them but there is so much more to them as a human being that's below the waterline things that we would never know or understand if we didn't really take the time to get to know them. He talked about redemptive questions. He talked about just trying to discover this person and to discover what it is that God is already doing in their heart and in their life. And I was just blown away. I felt, I felt cared about on such a deep level to recognize that God doesn't just care about what I do right or wrong. He cares about why. What's going on in my heart? What's going on down deep inside there? What are these hearts that I have that I'm operating out of? And what are the things that he's already working on in my heart to change and to restore me? And it was just, it was just amazing. I loved his focus, Dr. Larry Crabb's focus on that we don't have to have the answers for people, that we just need to ask questions and let the Holy Spirit guide. And it just totally took away these feelings of, insecurity and inadequacy as I was getting involved with a college group at church and I was starting to lead a small group, but it didn't matter if I didn't have the answers for these kids. It didn't matter if I didn't know exactly the right spiritual thing to say or the verse to give them or the prayer to pray. None of that mattered, that God was already at work in their hearts, and what mattered is that I cared about them, that I was willing to ask questions, that I was willing to explore what was really going on and that I was willing to listen to the Holy Spirit, as I asked those questions to try to figure out what, what was God saying maybe to me or to them or what it was. I wanted, he wanted me to ask a question to point out something. and I loved that. At the same time we were in a small group where we were getting soul care every week we would go. And our leader was just so great at asking questions and just probing and really trying to find out more and get you to share more. And the whole idea of soul care was that as we share Like we're exposing really what's going on in our own hearts. And we really are are able to recognize, wow, that's what's going on. Like that's what I'm thinking. That's what I'm feeling. This is amazing. And so this experience with this Christian psychology was so healing. It was so freeing to me to be seen as a holistic person, not just as somebody who is doing the right or wrong thing. To be seen as a broken person. And yet that brokenness was okay because Jesus loves broken people and he's in the business of restoring us and we're all broken. There's nobody perfect. There was no pressure to have it together. There was no pressure to pretend to have it together because guys, none of us have it together. I mean, really, seriously. I know you can go into these churches sometimes or meet these Christian people and they have their fake plastic mask on and everything's fine. Everything's great. Oh, the Lord is so good, blah blah. No, we're all broken. We all have issues. We all have hangups. We all have things that we're struggling with because of the things we've been through, because of the broken things that have happened to us. We all have bad habits. We all have brokenness. I mean, in every area of our lives, there is brokenness. We are dysfunctional. We need Jesus. And yet Jesus is in the business of restoration. He wants to heal us. He wants to restore us at that deep soul level. I really experienced this last summer. So not summer of 2020, but summer of 2019. And it was after I'd been through soul care, and it was after I started to read a book by Dr. Henry Cloud called Changes That Heal. And this was another book that was recommended by our church. I love that they just have all these books that are psychology books that they're recommending. They want to heal you holistically. It's not just slap a spiritual band on there. It's amazing. And so Dr. Henry Cloud, one of the things he had talked about in his book, Changes That Heal, was this bad time, good time idea. And that's that as we've been hurt and broken and things have happened to us, that parts of us can get frozen in bad time. And he had some really interesting examples. But in the summer of 2019, I experienced this whole idea for myself. And I don't think I would have ever been able to get there if I hadn't understood that there is more going on beneath the surface. So thanks to soul care from Dr. Larry Crabb and thanks to Changes at Heal, from Dr. Henry Cloud, I was able to heal. So here's the story. I grew up in the thumb of Michigan in a small town. And even though we lived near the small town in our farm, I wasn't really a part of the town. When I was very young, we went to a church there back when life was relatively normal. We went to a church there in that town and we lived, we were there in that church until I was 12 or 13. And while being at that church, we transitioned into our cultic organization, and I started wearing skirts, and I wasn't allowed to do youth group stuff, and then we left that church to go to the crazy church, and we were there in the crazy church until I was twenty, twenty-one, and then we actually came back to a different church in our small town, a Baptist church, and I was there for a year or two until I left for college. And so it was this weird relationship that I had with this small town because I was in the town. I would go into town to go grocery shopping for my mom. We would come into town to go to the library. I eventually came into town and worked at the middle school there as a volunteer. But I never was a part of the town. It's like I was a part of the town. We were roughly yanked out of this town. And then I was sort of like floating above the town, if you will. And I always felt like I was different, more special, like I didn't really fit in. They were the worldly Christians kind of a thing. And all of my healing that happened in my journey happened pretty much away from this town. And so it was my hometown-ish kind of a thing. I never went to school there. I was never super involved in sports or anything like that, but it was my town, kind of. And so last summer, 2019, we decided to go camping back in the Thumb of Michigan for a week, and go to my old town's Freedom Festival. Now, my parents moved from this town eight years ago now, seven years ago at the time, and it's in the Thumb of Michigan, and so there's really no reason to ever go back there. We just never, you don't know, go back to the Thumb. You have to choose to go there, and there's nothing there. I mean, it's just farm fields and little tiny rural towns, and it's just no no reason to really go there, but we decided to go camping, and Basically, explore my old stomping grounds. We're gonna go see this big old octagon barn that used to be right next to my house. And we're gonna go visit my old house and go to my old town for their Freedom Festival, which was their big Fourth of July celebration. They had a huge Freedom Festival every year with fireworks and this massive parade and like all kinds of good stuff. And so we did. We went back, went to the parade. So much of it was similar. It was fun, it was great. Ran into people that I used to know a million years ago. Uh, the funniest one was we were watching the strongman competition and there's local guys and girls that were putting on these feats and kind of in this competition. And I look up and there's this man, bald man, big muscles pulling a semi truck. And I was like, wait a minute. I I think I know him. And oh my gosh, he used to be this five-year-old before we left our first church that I used to have to sit by in junior choir because he was naughty. And so the junior choir director would be like, you need to go sit by him, make him behave. And now he's this, like, man pulling a semi truck. It was so bizarre. So we ran into people like that from the old, old church, from the more recent old church. And it just felt good. It felt good to be there. And the person that I was at the time was not judgmental towards people. Like, I love these people. And I, I was just not who I used to be. Now, interestingly enough, up until this point, I always felt like there was this defensiveness about my story. Like I almost had to prove that it was okay for me to have left the cultic organization and to have left my standards. I didn't really ever want to connect with people that I used to know in that church and stuff like that. I felt a lot of just defensiveness. Like I needed to defend my choices, defend who I was. And I wasn't sure where that defensiveness was coming from. So we're back in my old hometown, and one of the things they were going to be doing in the Freedom Festival that evening was to have a community devotion time. And this was something that they used to do a lot. They used to get the different churches together in the town and have community hymn sings or like Christmas programs or stuff like that. But I always judged these other churches, even when I was in the Baptist church, because they were the ones that didn't participate because everybody else wasn't Baptist. I don't know. But the new Christie, the Christie who doesn't have that judgment towards people, I wanted to go to that devotional time. Like I said, "I need to be here. Like I need to go." And I explained this to you, to my husband. I was like, "I need to be there. Like I want to go to this thing." He was like, "Are you sure?" And I was like, "Yes. I don't know how to tell you, but I need to be there." And so we went, and it wasn't super well attended, and it wasn't anything super special. There was a couple of people playing guitars and singing worship songs that I did not know because they were like very old. And there were, you know, some prayer, and, but it was, it was good to be there. It was good for me to say, no, I'm choosing to be here. I'm choosing to worship with these people. Like I want to be here. One of the boys from my old, old youth group at the normal church was actually the pastor of that normal church now. So crazy. But to be able to say hi to him and he knew who I was after I told him. <laughs> He remembered we used to do Bible Bowl together before I left, when I was like twelve. And we came to this point in the service where it was time for communion, and the various pastors from the different churches, I and mean, the Catholic pastor was there, the priest was there, and they had the Lutheran pastor was there. I mean, this is a tiny town, but they had every denomination of church possible in this tiny town, and they were all there, and they were going to take, like, they were all just they had bread and they had juice, and they were going to give it to us if we wanted to have communion. And it's hard for me to explain how I felt that I wanted that communion and needed it. And one of the more liturgical pastors and his wife came up to us, indicating, do we want communion? And we both said, yes, we do. And he just looked at me and he broke the bread in front of me and he said, the body of Christ broken for you. And I took it and he said, the blood of Christ spilled for you. And I drank the grape juice. And I don't exactly know what happened, but there was this, healing that happened in my heart. And it was almost like Christy from bad time who got stuck there because all this healing that happened was not in that town. I was able to just step out and just accept and love and graciously just be and worship and participate. And all that defensiveness that I felt in my heart just dissipated, just went away. And I cried And it felt so good. And telling the story afterwards to my family and my friends and my small group, like I cried. And I was like, I don't know how to explain this. Like, I don't know what happened. I just know that God healed my soul in this deep place that was broken. As I chose to just accept instead of judge and worship and love instead of think that I'm better. And it was beautiful. And I have been watching God do that kind of healing in my heart these last three years. And it's a wonderful, amazing thing. And that's the kind of healing that God wants for all of us. He does not want you to just fix your behaviors, to get get it right, to stop doing the bad stuff and start doing the good stuff. He wants more for you. He wants healing for you. He wants to go into those deep, messed up, stuck places and set you free. He wants you to be free. He wants you to flourish. He wants you to live the life that you can have because of Christ right now in this broken world. Guys, there's so much help out there. There are so many options. There's such good stuff and you can be healed too. And it might take work and it might be hard and you might need to go to therapy and you might need to, it might be really hard. But Jesus is in the business of restoration and healing and he wants to heal you. He wants to heal you on that deep, deep level where it's not just a prayer or a verse or a spiritual band-aid, but it's that deep, deep healing because he knows you and he knows all those broken places and he loves all those broken places and he wants to put them back together again for you. He wants you to look at your mess and invite him right into it. Jesus, look at this mess. He's like, yeah, I know. I see it. I love you. I love it. Let's do this together. So my challenge to you guys today would be to let Jesus into your mess. Stop trying to have it together before you go to him. Let him come in. Let him sift through the junk with you. And let him heal you in those deep, deep places that he wants to heal you. As always, guys, things will be in the notes to this podcast. If you want more information, I'll have those books listed. And I'll have links to Dr. Larry Crabb's soul care material, which is actually free online for anybody who wants it. I want to see you healed as well. True healing on a deep, deep level. Guys, next time we're going to talk about the Enneagram. I know I'm late to that party, but I am so excited about it. Oh my gosh. So, Until next time, keep searching. If you enjoyed this podcast, I would love to have you join me over on my website at christylynnwood.com for more content, free resources, and opportunities to connect with a community of people who are looking for the real God.